Hello, and welcome back to The Scriptures Are Real. I'm your host for today, uh, Lamar Newmeyer, and here's Carrie Mielstein, which you know well, I'm sure. Hey, uh, it's been so long, Lamar. I've missed you. How are you? It's been a while, too. Yeah, you, I've uh, I followed your exploits in Egypt there and, and, and uh, you around there and, and all the different guests that you've had on in the last little while. And I've really enjoyed a lot of those talks. I, I, I wanted to be there like, oh, that that was great. I love that, too. I love that, too. You know. <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad to be with you again. You, you have a way of bringing out the best in me. I hope I, I uh, have at least some good effect on you, but you have a way of uh, getting my best thoughts coming out. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it. I, I guess I'm just a, a natural comedian, and uh, which actually I'm a comedian, and, and, uh, and an MC. so I'll, I'll be a good setup guy. Um, I'm really excited about, uh, I wish we could go back and talk about all the things that you talked about again, which we're not going to do. But if you are listening to this now, I really encourage you to go back and listen to some of the guests. Carrie's wife is on there and she talked about being in Israel. And I, I had those same experiences when I was in Israel and it was so much fun to listen to that. And, and Phil, that was all those people that had really great things to say. Um, if you haven't listened to those, go back and check them out. There's some really great lessons in there and some good thoughts. And so you won't be disappointed to go back and listen to them. I, they're really great things. I listen to them when I'm not on, I listen to them. So. Well, well, I'm excited about this. So l- let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. This is probably going to be a, a shorter uh, transitional type of podcast. We're going to talk about where we've been already. Now, we just finished the first five books of Moses, uh, which is often called the Pentateuch or the, the Torah. Mm-hmm. Do you pronounce it Pentateuch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which just All means right. the five books. The right? five books. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Penta, five. So the first five books, which we normally attribute to Moses writing but we can't really say writing him because he wasn't there in Genesis. Um, we probably picture him as a, as a compiler. He compiled these books. He, yeah. It served a little bit like Mormon, right. Uh, in a bridging thing. So, I mean, right. some of it, he saw Moses chapter one gives us the idea that he sees at least the creation and vision. So, right. Uh, he's giving us some report of his vision, but then, yeah, he's, he's compiling from writings and I guess inspiration revelation. We don't know what all. He, he seems um, uniquely qualified at that time to be the guy, the, the main guy who's going to do this. So he, he gets together the right, he curates in, in sense of all those things that have happened in Genesis. And you can see the abridgments that are happening there because he's obviously not there when Adam and, and Noah are there. But he compiles them all together. And we have the book of Genesis. And of course, Exodus, he's front and center on. He's there. So I have some notes here that I, I wrote down a while ago about how, how I look at the how I look at these uh, these first five books. So I look at Genesis. Well, and, and maybe before you go there, let's just say yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's worth noting um, that while I believe Moses is the author of of these things, that uh, we're not getting the the final form we get them in is not how Moses gave them to us. I think there were no. different groups that reworked and rewrote and so on. And, Absolutely, uh, Deuteronomy may have a more significant reworking than some of the others. It's hard to tell, but th- there's some evidence for that. So. Uh, we're, we're getting Moses, uh, takes a bunch of records and abridges them like Mormon does, but then we have some other Mormons or groups of Mormons, right? And by that, I don't mean members of the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, but I mean, characters like Mormon, like Mormon go through and, and add more in and, and, uh, edit and, uh, so on. So there are a lot of layers of levels in here. Uh, most of which I believe are inspired, although we know there are some who 
probably weren't, but uh, still, uh, that thank goodness for the Joseph Smith translation, right? That helps us with that. Right. Uh, that's one of the the great reasons to have the Joseph Smith translation is to overcome various editorial, uh, uh, I guess, shortcomings. But uh, anyway, we're fortunate as uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to have that. I agree. And because you're oftentimes, like you said, seeing an abridgment of an abridgment, you know, and, and yeah. so you're getting different things. And we really look at the Bible as not like one continuous book. It's it comes from the Bible comes from the Greek Biblos, which is library. Yeah. So this is a library of books that have been assembled. And sometimes they've been through a translation or a, an abridgment. And so, yeah, there's some various uh, and authors edit a little bit and say this happened. You know, obviously, uh, it talks about in the first five books, it talks about Moses dying. Of course, he didn't write that because he's not there. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we have, and, uh, and he didn't die. So, and yeah. he didn't die. That too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, and same thing in Joshua it says, about you know, and then Joshua died, but of course he, uh, he didn't write that part. So that's a great, that's a great point. So we have some abridgments of some abridgments and, and there are some errors that leak in there. And again, as we've talked about this many times on the, on this, sometimes they're incomplete. So when you abridge an abridgment, sometimes you miss some things and things that might be clear to original authors, or original readers may not be clear to us. So some of those yeah. things were like, I don't know exactly what that means. We, we, we get the lesson from it, which we're grateful for, but sometimes we miss some of that context. I'm not, not sure exactly what that means. We don't know what they were thinking, but let's take the lesson and, uh, and interpret that with the spirit and, and, and uh, put that in our, in our repertoire of things that we know. Yeah. Good. So uh, here's what I wrote down on, on the five books. So Genesis is the story of the great patriarchs and the introduction to the covenant, which is we have a, a long period of time from Adam to the time that we get to, to Jacob or yeah. Israel. Yeah. It, there's, a, there's a lot of thousand years in there that are, we get some good stories out of that, but it's compressing a lot of time into a pretty short period of yeah. or a, a short writing, let's say. Yeah, I, I think you can... Um... I've heard it said this way, and it, it really uh, strikes me as being accurate, that in some ways, Genesis is the prologue to the rest of the Bible. Yeah, but it's, okay. it's uh, setting up how we get the house of Israel in Egypt, and the house of Israel is born as they leave Egypt. Uh, but the first 11 chapters of Genesis are the prologue to the rest of Genesis, right? This is the <laughs> great big sweeping story from creation of the earth and creation of nations and so on until you get to, to chapter 12, where, oh, now we're going to talk about one guy and his family for the rest of the book. Right, exactly. And if you want to be straight about that, it's really the rest of the book, and the really everything to do with Jews and Christianity until now is really yeah. this. It's the same story of the same family, and, but that family can encompass the whole earth because by adoption, you can come into that family. So even if you're not original Jewish, you can be accepted into that. You're yeah. not excluded, but you it's about be, the covenant. It, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's about how the covenant starts. It's really about the covenant that God is making to redeem the people, the, the, the fallen people from Adam. He's redeeming that, and they, he, they will be redeemed if they follow the covenant. That's it. Good. Yeah. It's that simple. You're right. And so even, you're absolutely right that even the Book of Mormon, the New Testament, the yeah. Book of Mormon, and the Doctrine and Covenants are still about this same family. Same family, yeah. yeah. Which is really it's the family of God. Which is again, even if you're not born into it, yep. you got to join the family of God. Yep, everyone's welcome. You just yeah. got to come. That's exactly right. So Genesis is the story of the patriarchs and Israel and charge, and, and they have a specific task. It's not because 
they call them the chosen people. That's not because they're better, but they are chosen to do something. They are yeah. chosen to be the the bearers of the word of the covenant to, to take it to other people. You know, yeah. just like the Jesus says to his apostles. You know, now that you have the the word, go spread it to all nations. Yeah. So that's the that's the covenant. And you can you can see the in the stories of Abraham and Jacob, and I suppose it's true of Isaac as well. And we just don't have as much of his story. You can see that these specific men were chosen because they were willing to do whatever God asked them to do. And that's what he needed. It, it was a group of people who do whatever it was he's going to ask them to do because he's going to ask them to do hard things. Right. And sometimes they do it imperfectly. But I liked what yeah. you said in one of your one of your other ones when you were talking about being in Petra, uh, what's now modern Petra, which would be part of the, the wanderings of the of the Israelites. And you're carrying your luggage across you know, it's 110 degrees out. I live in Phoenix in Arizona here, and yeah. I know this feeling. And when it's hot and you're carrying stuff, who wouldn't grumble? You're, yeah. Everybody's going to grumble like, ah, come on. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're not just like going from one air conditioning spot to another air conditioning spot. They're in the desert and like putting up their tents. And they're like, come on, really? This is what we came out of Egypt for? Yeah. So sometimes they do it imperfectly and they grumble. But I got to say, are you better than them? Are you really better than them? <laughs> I've learned I'm not. <laughs> so everybody's going to do it. We have the same thing in the Book of Mormon. Sometimes they grumble and we we sit in our Sunday school class in our air conditioning like, oh, those guys grumbling again. I can't believe they're murmuring. Yeah. And and I'm like, well, I don't know, load your whole family up on your back and carry it through the desert and see if you are all happy and singing a happy song the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, so that's Genesis. Then we got Exodus. Now, at the end of Genesis, there the the family of israel is riding in a in a good spot jacob uh, excuse me um not jacob but uh but uh joseph set up a great place for them they go in egypt and at the end of end of genesis they're doing pretty well yeah uh but then a few generations goes by and they're not doing so well now they're in bondage and the lord's like nope it's time for you guys to get up get out and and uh, we're going to do some refining with you we're going to we're going to give you a good long lesson through the desert and you're going to learn some good hard lessons, but we're going to purge the purge, the unbelief out of Israel. Yeah. And this is one of the, the great keys to this whole story and to applying it to ourselves. If we're going to talk about the scriptures becoming real to us and, and applying it to ourselves. Uh, I think that again, that as individuals, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph were fantastic at um, flushing the world out of themselves as it were, uh, and following God, being in the world, they're, they're, and they talk about being strangers, like we don't really belong with these people around us, we don't belong in this place, uh, but uh, that's okay, we're not really all into that, we're into being peculiar, we're into being what God wants us to be, and following God, but somewhere along the line, Israel seems to lose that, uh, and it's actually in Gen uh, Joshua that we get some of the evidence that they have become idolatrous. And I'm not convinced that they ever were fully not idolatrous. Jacob was trying to get his kids to get rid of some idols. And right. Rachel seems to have uh, brought some with her and so on. So I'm not sure that they ever uh, got rid of that idolatry that was part of what was going on in, in Rebecca and Rachel's family, and which is why Abraham left them behind. But certainly uh, Egypt gets into them, right? They... Uh, they just partake of uh, too many elements of that culture. 
And, uh, and so God is going to redeem them out of the, the bondage to the Egyptians, but he also needs to redeem them out of bondage to the yeah. idolatrous culture that the they spiritual have bondage. put themselves in. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's excellent. Yeah, that, that's great. So again, we're seeing the story of the Lord trying to refine the people as you go along. And that's really the story well, to now. I mean, we're going to, we're going to have the same thing. The world's creeping in and how do we sort good from evil and, and, yeah light from darkness and you know truth from error so yeah so that's good so exodus is, is that story of them going out of egypt out of slavery and learning to trust the lord because they had it i mean earlier on they had it pretty good in egypt their slavery i'm sure wasn't great um but at least the reason why they keep going why can't we go back to egypt at least it was a known you know yeah. at least they they well maybe we didn't like being in bondage but at least we had some food and water and there was in water and they had some things and yeah, water. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's, yeah. we're in the desert here. And if you've ever looked at the deserts of Israel, some of those things are really bare. I mean, really. Bare. Yeah. And even, I mean, the Sinai area and say the Petra area where they are initially is even worse. So yeah, it's just sand, 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 forever. Yeah, sand and granite. Yeah. Like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that, there we have Exodus, then Leviticus. Now Leviticus and numbers and, and Deuteronomy. So this is my notes. I always, I've, I think of Leviticus as, if you remember the handbooks of instruction that they used to have, now they've kind of combined them a little bit different. But if you remember maybe five, 10 years ago, the handbooks of instruction, you had the bishops and stake presidents and ones that were charged with leadership there had like a kind of a light blue handbook. Yeah. And then the handbook for elders, quorum presidents and, and all the rest of it. Sunday school. And, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a maroon. Yeah. So Leviticus is like the the light blue handbook it's for the leadership it's how you how you do the uh the sacrifice of this and the feast day of this and all those things now there's other things that happen there but a, a lot of leviticus which is why people start to glaze over it just yeah. sounds like repetition like you got to do this and then there's this it's a book of instructions yeah it's especially i mean it's it's all sort for all sorts of leaders you said but maybe most especially for uh temple presidents Right. Oh, here's yeah, how you true. run the here's how you run the tabernacle and all the <laughs> sacrifices that are part of the tabernacle so, right so that's kind of the end of exodus and leviticus so right before that though you have this incredibly important uh covenant renewal uh yes. with all of israel yes. and that that becomes a major theme for a while and, and when it stops being a theme it's that's a problem it becomes a real problem when it stops being a theme but this covenant renewal uh, is huge for Israel as they, as a nation, enter into the covenant. And then this is the handbook of instructions for covenant holders. Perfect. Yeah, we should set that up. Yeah, this is the covenant. And then how do you do this covenant? So just like you have, you know, the reestablishment of the church in the 1800s, the first thing that comes out of that is the doctrine and covenants. Well, how do we yeah. do these things? We have a whole new people here. How do we, how do we do these sacraments? Well, the sacraments done this way. Here's the prayers. Yeah. So you basically have the, the, the handbook of instructions and here's how to do it for the priest. And then um, uh, Deuteronomy is going to be the handbook for the auxiliaries later. Because How do you do this in your families? How are you supposed to conduct yourself with your own sacrifices? And how do you bring the sacrifice to the tabernacle? What animals do you use or what type of offering for this day? So, And then we have the, uh, the numbers, which I think of as the, the conference uh, Saturday, uh, general conference, Saturday statistical report. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I don't mean to be like, like discounting what's in there. I don't mean that at all, but I just mean that 
at the beginning of numbers, you just have like a long recitation. And this happened to these people. And here's the people. And here's the amount of people. And it's this cat, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like the, it's like we do it every year in, yeah. or twice a year in general conference because it needs to be said that people need to know where we're at. Here's where we're at. So I think of numbers as the, the statistical report. And you get, oh, there's that many stakes. Okay. There's that many new wards. Oh, good. Baptisms are up or down or whatever. So, uh, yeah. And then you get yeah. all those stories that are in, in numbers, right? At the end of numbers. Yeah. Now, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of spy novels of James Bond and all that stuff. And I know that these spies are not the James, James Bond spies, but I do, it, it is interesting to me that the word spies is used. So Israel's like, well, we've been wandering around the desert. We're going to get close to some other people. And these people are enemies. And so let's introduce a, a little bit about the Canaanites here. Why are the Canaanites so bad? And why are there so many A's in their name? That seems wrong <laughs> to me. There's, yeah, that, that's the first problem with them is there are way yeah. too many A's. In that's there. too many A's yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. Wait, and someone and spelled us, this in an obnoxious way. We just need to get rid of that people. Right <laughs> too many A's. I, that's a definite sign. And tell me the difference <laughs> between Canaanites and the Amorites. Tell me. You explain what you think the difference between Canaanites and Amorites. Well, Canaanite is kind of a general term. Um, it's, it's for a whole bunch of different groups of people. They're not homogenous. Uh, so it's kind of the overall term for everyone uh, in all those areas that are non-Israelite or non-Abraham related, right? So we're going to have non people. Yeah, non-Canaanites are going to be the Moabites because they are uh, descended from Lot. The uh, Ammonites, they're descended from Lot. And the Edomites were descended from Esau. So their, their family, as it were, and you'll note that as the Israelites go in, they, they're not allowed to attack these guys, right? They're, they're part of Abraham's family, different, uh, different category altogether. Whereas then Canaanites are really all of the other people in that area that are idolatrous and not part of the family. So then you get specific groups in there and you'll see frequently uh, like a list of seven or this, sometimes it's different numbers, but are given, you know, the Canaanites in the line, such as the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Gittites, and so on. Uh, and so it, it's made clear a number of times, sometimes it's Amorites. It's made clear a number of times that there are a bunch of different groups in here. Uh, they're scattered all over the place and it's a general Canaanite. We don't know if they were all uh, using the same language. Very few of them do we actually have any written records for. Mm -hmm. So we, we can't say much about their language. Um, we can't, there, there's not, there's some things about their material culture. And by that, I mean, the things that are left behind that you can find in the ground when we do archeology span that uh, are common among them. And a lot of things that aren't right. These, these really are different groups. So it's a little bit like saying um, what would they would have said when the uh, Europeans first came to North America with Indians today, we'd say native Americans, but it's a little bit like saying uh, native Americans. Well, what do you mean by that? Uh, there are some things that are common in their culture, right? Uh, but Apaches and uh, Cherokees and the Seneca, they're all pretty different from each other in, right, in right. pretty different significant tribes. ways. And some are, are very nomadic and some are fairly sedentary. Uh, and, and so it's a, it's a label that's given to this huge group that covers a huge area, right? So North America is larger than Canaan by far, but uh, still you get the idea that they're it's, it's just a term for a whole bunch of folks. Right. And we're going to get into that a little bit more about the Canaanites in our, in our next section, but just kind of set up, this is why we have spies. We're sending out spies or you know, Israel sending out spies. 
to yeah, it's, really it's find a definite out, reconnaissance mission, right? Yeah, what are we doing here? Who's who's out there? What's what the place? Like, I mean, we're this is by and large a nomadic group, although we talk about nomadic, but they had to stayed in areas for periods of time because they had crops and fields like that. So even though they moved around, there was during this 40 years of time or whatever that section of time, we, we probably think it's 40 years, but it, you know, Which means a long time. Yeah. It means a long time. They're out there, but uh, they've been living in tents and, and let's say less, they're not permanent cities. Let's say that. Yeah. And now we're going to get into, but they're not moving cities. every single day. No, they, no, no, they, they, no. I mean, they, uh, they stay in places for years and then mm-hmm. move to another place and stay and so on. Right. Exactly. But they're not permanent dwellings. But now we're getting into cities that have been established for a long time and they have yeah. walls and and defenses and things like that. So how do we deal with these people? So they send out these spies. Joshua is one of these spies yeah. that goes out there. He's one of the boot was 12. Yep. 12 spies he sends out to like, hey, let's find out. So that's a neat part of numbers. It's not just a statistical report. We also have some good stories that set up what's going to happen in the in the what do we call it the conquest or the cleansing or whatever you want to yeah. call the next part, which starts with Joshua, the book of Joshua. And it also establishes what Israel needs to do to be ready to to have God help them in this way, because the group that is coming out of Egypt, honestly, they just don't trust in the Lord enough. Despite all they've seen, they don't trust in the Lord enough to follow him in this conquest action and so the lord is going to raise up a group that has done nothing but see his delivering miracles uh, and has learned to really rely and trust on him and that's a group that will go against big guys and big cities and trust that god will do it right so right. When, when we get this story that we'll get to later about walking around a wall or a city seven times, which doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense, right? Uh, it seems to me that that's something that the group that first leaves Egypt is just not going to do. They're going to say, okay, this makes no sense. And uh, we're not seeing a lot of food while we're here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the group that has been raised in the wilderness, trusting in God, Joshua says to them, walk around the wall. Then last day, walk around it seven times. And then they say, okay, we'll do it, right? Doesn't make yeah. sense. Doesn't matter. <laughs> right i mean it, again we're testing the faith what's the faith like and and uh so they've learned a good thing so israel isn't always about grumbling and isn't always about like you know a lot of times they have a great faith i mean that takes a lot of faith stand in front of a wall and i'm sure there's arrows and things and they can throw at you yeah and you're just going to walk around yeah. all right yeah but they they have become refined they are a different people a different group that has been refined by god very good so that's uh, numbers uh, and numbers again is going to set up Joshua and then Deuteronomy is again uh, another and again I'm not trying to say this is all that's in there but a lot of Leviticus and Deuteronomy are the handbook of instructions for the people we're going to set this up and this is how you do these things so there's some clarifications on the law and it's specifically for um, the non-Leviticus people this is for everybody else so that's what we have in Deuteronomy so there we go that's the five books of Moses that we have there. We have the, the Genesis sets it all up. Exodus is the beginning begin the refinery, refining, not refinery, the refining. And then we have Leviticus. Oh, we can and, say it's a refinery. That's fine. I, a I, refinery. I, I'm okay. good with that. that the wilderness is a refinery. <laughs> all right. That sounds good. Leviticus and Deuteronomy are handbooks of instructions and numbers is our report. And also uh, it's kind of a little complete library in its own, which is why they, you know, the Torah yeah. is the main book of scripture for 
the uh, for the the Jews now, our current Jews, they use the Torah as their scriptural basis, and then they have the Book of the Law later. That yeah. is, yeah, they're, they're rabbis and everything that uh, that have refined those those laws. And there are two important uh, recurring themes, at least in our podcast, that I think are also recurrent themes in in these first five books as we summarize this. Uh, we've talked a number of times about kind of the uh, communing while we're on our commute, right? Right, right. And that becomes huge for the house of Israel. They are on a commute. Yes. Uh, and symbolically, it's the coming of the promised land. Um, and uh, well, I mean, literally, it's the coming of the promised land. And symbolically, that's about coming into the true promised land. And they need um, they need to commune while they do that. They cannot make it in if they're not getting direction from God. God has to tell them when to go, where to go, what they should do. The tabernacle becomes key in this, and that should uh -huh. teach us something as well, uh, that this is the key place for communion. Um, but uh, listening to God and not ignoring him right. becomes the key element of, of their commute, is how well they are doing at their commuting. Right, and they're... They're dependent for everything. I mean, the, the food. If they're not, if they didn't have manna, they, they wouldn't be able to eat. The, the, the quail that show up. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're dependent on God for everything. So they're really learning to rely on everything and get the grumbling out of the way. Let's let's <laughs> I, uh, I, really yeah. pay attention. And I, I think there's a real lesson for us in here. We are in in a very difficult refinery uh, period of our commute. Um, and, uh, I, this refinery might become a nice, uh, I don't know. We'll see where we go with that. But anyway, um, there is really, uh, uh, we're in a period that is difficult and a crucial segment of our commute as a people and as individuals to be with God again. And if we're not getting better at communing during our commute, we're in trouble. President Nelson has told us that. A number of times yes uh, and it and it has to happen in a couple of ways one our personal communion through the holy ghost and two the communion gives us as a church through the prophet and how well we do at listening to that and we're getting plenty of information lately uh president oh, yeah. uh, nelson and president oaks are as good at giving us uh the information we need for right now and what we need to do for right now well and president irene i didn't mean to leave him out sorry but um uh as any first presidency ever uh, we are in receiving so much incredible information about what we need to be doing right now. The question is, how good are we at that communion part and listening and, and listening, doing? Yeah, I, I agree. And we are seeing a lot. And, and look at the, the the state of our political affairs. And again, this is this this podcast is not about being political, except to the fact that we talk about the good principles which should govern our lives, both yeah. politically, spiritually, in our homes. We we support good principle and we let that good principle govern these things so look for the good principle that is in these things and use that as your yerman thumb to determine the truth from error i mean it's really getting quite mixed out there it's hard to determine uh what's what who's got the good information who's got misinformation or disinformation all this all yeah. these words that are out there how do we determine truth from error and no, it is it is really relying on God. Look at the what he set up and the pattern that he has set up is he gives you leaders to get that. But we're not left alone. You've got the books, you've got the leaders, you've got the spirit. Seek those things to determine what's going on. Don't leave it to your own understanding. We're going to find that in Proverbs. Lean not to thy non understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. So if we're thinking, well, I know what's better, I this is what's good and we're good and we're nice and we're good people and we're going to do it this way. Okay. 
okay, but you're going to do that at your peril. Look at what the writings and the prophets are saying right now and align yourselves with those things. I agree. And and like you, and by the way, that, that's the youth theme this year, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not under the understanding. Um, but uh, if there are one of the consistent messages in scripture, especially the Old Testament and the Book of Mormon, it's really consistent in the Book of Mormon is that if uh, you are not not governed by righteous principles and following righteous leaders, you're going to have problems. And I fear that we're in a world where we let our politics or our thought leaders influence the way we filter the, the information we get from our prophets more than, than the way it should be, which is that we allow uh, or we make sure that what we're le- getting from our prophets causes that we filter what we get from our political and thought leaders through what we're yeah. learning from the prophets. Right. Uh, and right now, I think it's, it's often happening the opposite way. And the scriptures are pretty uh, replete in telling us that doesn't work out well. I agree. And the, that part of that, you know, the lean nothing and understanding, I think a lot of times we think we're smarter than we really are. And we yeah. see this in, in the Book of Mormon and in the, and in the, uh, the Bible, the people think, oh, we, we got this. No, no, no. We got this. I, yeah. I, I heard you before. But yeah. right now I'm figuring this out. Yeah. And when hey, we get I saw what a Syria is doing. And that's cool. So that we, we're going <laughs> to do it that way. Oh, yeah. They've got it locked down. Egypt, man, they had to, you know, whatever. They've got it down. Oh, the world's figured this out. I mean, you old-fashioned religious people don't know what you're talking about. Who wants to listen to old dead prophets? We need. Yeah. We got some. You know, we we can split the atom. We can. Uh, we have iPods. You know. Okay. Yeah. Whenever you think that you're that good, you're in trouble. So yeah, let's get back to the covenant path. Back to the covenant path. Back to the covenant path, and lean not to the non-understanding. So. Right. And that's that second theme then that uh, is besides the commute and commune, the second theme is uh, covenant and Deuteronomy really is uh, more than anything else. It's a renewal of covenant where, where Moses has all those people who were too young or weren't born yet at Sinai renew the covenant. And he teaches about the covenant from beginning to end in that book. Uh, when they go into the promised land, he wants them to go in uh, understanding and keeping the covenant. Right. So there, yeah, we're back to the covenant renew that again it's again refining a constant refining and we're we're really no different today we just need to keep renewing renewing even in our lives we go through series you know where you, uh, i'm at this point in my life i have well i should have put that on hold on yeah. so yeah we uh we we go through periods of lives you know you're younger you go on a mission but now you're in mission now you're married and that, and that's a different set of things and then now you have kids and that's a different set of things and now the kids are an empty nester and that's a different set of things so it's a constant refining as we commute through our life. Same thing. We just need to keep renewing. What, what do we need to do for our, this phase of our life now? And what makes me on the covenant path? And we're going to get to that in Joshua too. Um, in fact, why don't we end up here? We'll, we'll end this part uh, as our little um, summary of the first five books. And then we're going to get into Joshua and talk about the next phase of Israel. Because Israel is going to go a new phase. The theme remains the same. The theme will remain the same. But the, the names and faces are going to change, and we're going to go to a new, uh, a new area, a new, a new phase of life for Israel, let's say. Um, but the theme's going to remain the same. So um, let's, that's a great look back and a great summary of where we've been on the, on the Pentateuch, the first five books. 
of of uh, of called the five books of Moses, but of the Bible, first five books. And uh, then let's get into Joshua next, and then set up um, set up the the next phase of Israel's life. How about that? Sounds great. Yeah. All right. Good. We have a lot to look forward to. All right. Well, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again for joining us on The Scriptures Are Real. And uh, we've enjoyed having you with us. Please uh, like and subscribe and all the different buttons that you can push. If, if, they're, if they're in the favorable, let's push all those so we can get this message out. And hopefully this is something that is um, encouraging to you, that helps you on your covenant path, that helps you to be uh, to feel closer to God and make the scriptures real to you today, not just 2,000, 5,000 years ago. Make it real to you today. Thanks again for joining us.